0: Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at viking.com.
1: You're listening to Numbers by Barons. It's Tuesday, February 14th. I'm Jackson Cantrell, here with the numbers you need to navigate the markets this morning. Our first number is 2.2%. That's about how much earnings per share in the S&P 500 are on track to decline in the fourth quarter. That's after more than 80 percent of companies in the index have delivered results. The decline was expected, but only after analysts cut earnings per share estimates by an average of 1.7 percent. Going back as far as 1998, analysts' average estimates typically tend to rise 2.8 percent after the quarter ends, and the lackluster expectations don't end there. Earnings per share estimates are already factoring in a 4.8% decline for the current first quarter and a 2.9% fall for 2023 as a whole. Still, plenty of investors are optimistic inflation can slow in the U.S. without the country falling into a recession. The S&P 500 ended Monday up 1.1%. It's up 8.1% this year. The Nasdaq rose 1.5%. It's up 14.5% year-to-date. The next number up is 13. That's the number of months it's been since the Consumer Sentiment Index was this high. That's according to preliminary numbers from a University of Michigan survey released on Monday. The Consumer Sentiment Index is now 2% higher than last month and 6% above a year ago. The results are the latest in a string of mixed signals for consumer data. A Gallup poll released a few days earlier found that half of Americans said they were worse off now than in 2009 during the Great Recession. Meanwhile, last week, a steady drumbeat of company layoffs clashed with figures that showed surprising job growth in January. In response to questions about the economy, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen said, quote, You don't have a recession when you have 500,000 jobs and the lowest unemployment rate in 50 years. Nevertheless. Americans are being cautious by slowing spending. Personal consumption expenditures fell in December, then again in January, and consumers might have good reason to cut back. 61% of economists surveyed in a January Wall Street Journal poll say they expect a recession. Our last number is 372 million barrels. That's the size of the U.S. Strategic Oil Reserve, Now, it sounds like a lot of oil, but it represents a 39-year low. Meanwhile, Russia announced last week that it will soon cut oil production by about 500 barrels a day, and reopenings in China could increase oil demand by about 1.5 million barrels a day. Taken together, the developments have sent oil prices to a two-week high. Meanwhile, March gasoline climbed by 1.1% on Monday to $2.53 a gallon while March heating oil rose 1.4% to $2.91 a gallon. The price of Brent crude now sits at about $85 a barrel, still about 30% beneath its multi-year high of around $122. That was hit last year, just months after Russia's initial invasion. Should oil prices rise from here, it will make inflation's decline a little more difficult. Energy is just over 7% of the Consumer Price Index basket of goods and services. It's the third largest weighting out of the 19 categories. That means oil has a relatively heavy influence on the CPI's movement, so an oil spike could cause the CPI to come in higher than expected. And that's Numbers by Barron's for Tuesday, February 14th. I'm Jackson Cantrell, and we'll be back with more numbers you need to know tomorrow. Have a great day.